With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has room. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Hey everybody, welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. I'm your host, as always, Henry Chisholm. Uh, before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious certified gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle. Or you can purchase Canyon Bakehouse bread online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. Okay, uh, time to talk some buffs. Today's Wednesday, which means it's the last media availability of the week uh, before the buffs take on Air Force Saturday at 11 a.m., I believe, at Folsom Field. Um, as always, for every home game, BSN is partnering with the Blake Street Tavern to hold a tailgate uh, on Franklin Field just outside the stadium before every game. It's going to be up pretty early again, so when you get to campus, swing by, say hi. Um, Franklin Field's like the practice field right there on the east side of the stadium, and the the tailgate is in stall 12, which is kind of like on the west side of the field. Uh, hopefully we'll see you all there. Uh, yeah. So here's what we learned today. Uh, I talked to two people today. Darren Cheverini took the podium and talked a lot about the Air Force defense and the buffs receivers. And that's what we're going to be talking about mostly in the first segment. And I also got a chance to talk with Mikhail Onu, who dug into what it's like defending a triple option offense uh, with me. And I'm going to play that audio for you guys in the second segment. And I hope you guys enjoy it because it was a lot of fun talking to him because he's a smart guy and he played uh, for SMU. And so he played Army every year which runs a similar offense to what Air Force is going to run on Saturday. Had some interesting takes and kind of got into the nitty-gritty of it in a way that I haven't gotten many people to dig into it with me. So, 
get hyped for that. But before we get there, um, Darren Cheverini, um, assistant head coach, uh, obviously receivers coach, rec- rec- or recruiting coordinator. He does a lot of things for this Buffs program. And he's an interesting guy to talk to because he has some unique perspectives. Um, specifically on this receivers group. And I think what was most interesting from what he was saying today was how he was talking about Jalen Jackson. Uh, Jalen Jackson, the receiver, has had three season-ending injuries. I can't imagine the mental toll that that puts on somebody. You know, one was in high school, two here uh, at the University of Colorado, and he had a big game. He made a couple plays uh, on the end arounds. He had, I think, a 57-yard catch that set up a touchdown, a very important touchdown in a very important game against Nebraska. Um, almost maybe a coming-out party for Jalen Jackson, and I think we can expect to see more from him going forward. Chev uh, really, really wanted to say that uh, Jalen's a good kid, that he could have quit, at many different points during his football career, but he stuck with it, and the team is better for that. Uh, it's a pretty inspiring story. I'm sure somebody's written it, and if not, then I probably should. Uh, pretty gruesome injury uh, in the spring a couple years ago, not this spring, where he broke his ankle, and it was kind of a mess. But he's back, he's contributing, and that's huge news for the Buffs because they need to get teams to pay attention to the receivers who aren't LaVisca Chenault. And we we talked about that as well. Darren said that, you know, LaVisca gets frustrated that he wants the ball more, but you would never really be able to tell from the outside just because of the way he carries himself. Uh, he, he mentioned how well LaVisca blocks, um... He, he also pointed out how uh, he was lining up in the uh, Wildcat and he carried the ball, you know, just straight up the middle like he does and drags a couple guys. And Chev went out of his way to point out that against Nebraska, LaVisca ran over Muhammad Barry. And then Chev said, you know, number six was talking a lot last week. That's something that he must have really wanted to see because he was pretty excited to be able to say it. And LaVisca did. LaVisca truck-sticked that guy, and he carried people uh, for a few yards after he got hit because that's what he does. And if that's the only way the Buffs can get him the ball this year, then that's what they'll do. You know, They're doubling him. They're bracketing him. It's opening things up for KD, who had a huge game. You know, 146 yards. A lot of those came on the Flea Flicker touchdown but still, that that's a very strong performance. You can't say, well, outside of that one play, because he did make that one play, you know? Um, he He's contributing. Tony Brown is contributing. And Chev was asked, do you think that they've done enough to start to get defenses to commit to them more and take a little bit of the pressure off of LaVisca? And... You know, he didn't really give a firm answer, but he said, like, you know, that's the hope. That's the goal. That's what they're trying to do because LaVisca is a really talented guy, and the more they can get him the ball, the better. Um, some interesting interesting stuff there. And, you know, this should be a week where LaVisca can really take over uh, because 
Air Force is not a big team. You know, they have a couple guys who are of decent size, but that's not really what they're looking for in the recruiting. Or if it is, then they just can't pull those guys onto the roster. They have some smaller cornerbacks. Uh, they play a lot of man coverage. Chev pointed out today that they play a lot of man coverage. That lines up perfectly for LaVisca. Man coverage against somebody smaller than him, that should be game over right there. You know, maybe they just double him again. Maybe they leave a safety over the top and have the corner press, you know, something something like that. It won't be quite that simple, but you could see how LaVisca could take this game over, which is something we've said about the last couple of games as well, and it hasn't happened. So you kind of just have to wait and see at some point is going to have one of those games. And I'm excited to see when it is. At this point, you know, it it feels like we should have seen it before. Um, it's on everybody's mind in Boulder, too. They're going to find more ways to get him the ball because they have to. Um, more notes from Chev. You know, going back to Jalen Jackson, he did point out uh, one of the best quotes of the day was, you know, football recruiting... It's a people business, and sometimes people forget about that. Um, and he was talking about that, you know, saying CU could have pulled Jalen Jackson's scholarship after he got hurt in high school. They could have pulled it after he got hurt the second time here. You know, they've had these opportunities where they could have bailed on the guy, and he's really proud that the Buffs did not do that, that they kept Jalen around and gave him an opportunity. And he's proud of Jalen for taking advantage of that opportunity as well. Um, he expects the Air Force defense to be pretty physical, to be kind of aggressive. Again, like I said, some man coverage, uh, but also not making many mistakes. You know, that's their brand of football. They aren't going to give you a lot. They're going to send some blitzes at you. They're going to, you know... It, they're not world beaters by any means, but they're not a defense where you can expect to just be exploiting mistakes over and over. You still have to line up and beat those guys. They aren't handing you free yards. Um, and those are most of the notes. Uh, before we move on to the second segment where I'm going to share with you guys that audio from talking with Mikhail, I, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the depth chart the Buffs released yesterday. So they released their first depth chart of the season, uh, I think uh, the Thursday, the week before the Rocky Mountain Showdown, so like eight days out. And uh, they released another depth chart early last week before the Nebraska game, and it was the exact same. And then uh, yesterday, after I'd recorded the podcast, uh, they dropped another depth chart. And there are a couple changes here, and I think that they're kind of interesting changes that we should go over. You know, probably not any difference-making changes this week or going forward, but fun things to look out for. Well, the first one isn't fun at all. Uh, first of all, a redshirt freshman running back, Jarek Broussard, is on the injured list with a uh, knee injury. So he was listed as the number four running back on the depth chart, the number two kick returner behind KD Nixon. Um, you know, he, he wasn't one of their key contributors, but he was one of the guys that you rely on for depth, a guy who could come in for a couple snaps a game and maybe make something happen because he has that sort of burst. 
no details on what exactly the knee injury is. You know, he I don't know whether he's out this week, whether he's out a few weeks, but I can say that they they do denote when a player is done for the season with a little dot on the depth chart and Jarek doesn't have that dot. So that's a good sign. Makes you hope that he will be back sooner rather than later, but we'll just have to wait and see. Um, the second of the three changes, uh, this one at outside linebacker, Alex Changham is still the starter, but junior Jamar Montgomery is now listed as the number two with sophomore Jacob Callier number three. So those two had flipped before. Callier was the number two. Really hadn't got gotten too many reps behind Changham, who's played pretty well. Uh, just something you need. He's impressed me at least. Uh, I think do you have one sack, one or t- one or two sacks. This la- I th- no, I think it was two sacks. I think he said it was his first two sack game of his career. So exciting stuff. Uh, they're going to be relying on him heavily uh, against this uh, Air Force triple option attack. But behind him, Jamar Montgomery moves ahead of Jacob Callier. Something to keep a note on. Um, and then, number three, uh, Sam Neuer, the junior who was a quarterback up until three weeks ago, four weeks ago, uh, switches from free safety to strong safety. So he was the number three... Oh, did I get that wrong? He switches from strong safety to free safety. At strong safety, he had been listed behind Aaron Maddox and Darian Rakestraw. As, so making him the number three strong safety. When he makes the flip to free safety, he becomes the number two, the uh, first backup to Mikhail Onu. So he must be impressing because that means that you probably will see him on the field at some point. You know, maybe not this week just because against a run-heavy option offense, you can afford to go a little bit bigger. But maybe down the road when they start to play more of these passing teams, um, speed more than power teams, air raid style teams, they might they might throw him on the field in a couple packages. And who knows whether he's uh, a talented safety. You know, moving up the depth chart would make you think that he is. But at the very least, it'll be fun to watch a former quarterback get back there and contribute on the defensive side of the ball. Uh so none of those three changes really game-changing, but they're changes, and they're the first changes we've seen since the initial depth chart was released. Um, all right. Um, I want to talk now about my favorite beer, the Breckenridge Brewery beers. Um, I'm a big fan of... All of them, you know, Colorado Core, Strawberry Sky are my two favorites. But honestly, Breckenridge Brewery is the only place where I feel like I'm interested in every beer they make. You know, I'm not I'm not a big beer guy. Uh, it's not my go-to necessarily. But even the darker stuff, even the IPAs, all that type of stuff, when it comes from Breckenridge, it's just really good. You know... They, they started local, they started in Breckenridge, and they've kind of expanded throughout Colorado. Now they have this massive facility uh, down in Littleton. If you haven't checked that out, you really should. I think they call it the farmhouse. They have, like, cornhole outside. 
what, what's impressive about it is just the size, and it's really hard to explain just how big that place is. And they got big because they made good beer. You know, they end up getting bought by one of the big beer companies, but that's because they make really good beer. It's not a sellout move. It's that they just made it in the way that all of us at BSN Denver are trying to make it. You know, ESPN comes through and says, hey, we want to give you guys millions of dollars to keep doing exactly what you're doing. Who would say no to that? So if you haven't had a chance to check out the Breckenridge beers yet, you definitely should. They're my favorite. Uh, You can find them at your local liquor store if you're in Colorado. Uh, lots of grocery stores. I've seen them a lot at King Supers. Um, if you aren't sure where to go, they have a beer locator on their website. So go to the website. It'll let you pick which beer you want to try and then tell you where the closest place to buy that beer is. Uh, highly, highly recommend them. They're in 36 states. There's no excuse to not try them. Oh, I guess it, if you're in one of the other 14 states. But outside of that, you just got to give these a try. They're awesome. They're, they've been awesome to us, and we want to keep this relationship growing, and we want you guys to buy in and help us help them. Hey, guys, it's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Weinster is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Weinster is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Weinster, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Weinster is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Weinster is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R-Weinster.com. Right, We've got up, BSN 25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first Onu order. About defending the Flexbone offense, because he's done it before. Uh, he's one of, one of my favorite guys to talk to on the team because he's a super bright guy. Uh, he's 21 and in grad school, so that says something. And so he really gets how all of this works. And so his perspective to me is very interesting. Also, uh, Neil Wolk from the Buffs website, their editor slash, you know, he covers the team from day to day. Uh, for the buffs uh he makes an appearance he uh asks a couple questions um just wanted to let you know who that voice is uh here you go and we'll chat more on the other side so playing the triple option this week yeah uh how do your responsibilities change when you play the triple option um me personally yeah um, 
biggest thing is just eyes, you know. That's the big thing every week, but this week especially, you know, they can hurt you a lot of different ways, you know. All they're waiting for is one opportunity for you to be looking in the wrong place, for you to peek in the backfield, for you to look at the wrong key, you know, burn you. So you have to make sure that you're disciplined with your eyes every single day. So are you just going to, like, man up on, like, one of the slot backs or something as a safety and just trace them around? Oh, we had different calls. I mean, that's, yeah. one, that's one of them. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, different ways to play it. Um, we want to make sure we give them as difficult looks as possible. You know, one thing is, one thing about them and triple, triple option teams is, like, they've seen all the ways that you can play a triple option. Yeah. So um, we want to try to give different looks so they can't adjust to you. But uh, we want to make sure, you know, that we're uh, giving them we're really versatile on our looks. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of things that we're doing. So in week one, they were really just playing out of that base flex bone offense. They didn't show much. Mm-hmm. Have you been spending more time watching tape from last year, or are you using that Colgate tape more? Um, I haven't watched much Colgate simply because, um, from what I understand, it wasn't really a close game like ever. So um, that's not really. I don't think that's going to be the situation that we're going to be in. And so, uh, for one, you know, they were moving the ball well every single every single time they hit the ball. You know, they were never forced, they were never forced out of their comfort zone. So um, we watched. I've been watching them, like for example, Colorado State was a good tape to watch from last year. Um, let me see. Uh, all, all, always, all the Naval Academies are always good to watch that. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's also week one. You know, our offense didn't show everything in the package week one, and so um, I wouldn't expect them them to either. And so you just have to kind of be ready for everything. But as long as you're disciplined with your eyes, it's really definitely they give you that can get you. How important is it for safeties to? stay in your spot and not cheat up against that run and not get sucked up into uh and not let them bait you into coming up to the line of scrimmage and then poke. uh this is very important <laughs> it's very important because like i say you know it's almost as if there's like an eye in the sky which you know they have coordinators up there but it's like i mean that specific place like an eye in the sky if they see you even like flinch towards the direction they'll burn you so you have to be extremely disciplined with your eyes you know you can't creep can't you know you can't be trying to make a play too badly on the other side of the field or else they, they have ways to get people I mean, that's how they get people that's how they compete with you know, a lot of bigger schools and so they, they get people to try to get you know out of gap and disciplined guys and so we're going to try to be our best to uh, stay on our keys be disciplined and you know line up and I think we'll be fine. Is that, that what they try and do is bait you into, into coming up? They oh, keep yes. running it, running sure. it, running it, and pretty soon you're like, I want to make a play, oh, I yeah. need to hit they'll, somebody. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll, here's, for example, they'll run the ball 50 times in a row. And let's say, let's say the safety has zero tackles. So on play 51, he's like, okay, let me go get a tackle. Runs up, and they bring you deep. And that's the only pass of the game, touchdown. And so that's just, you have to, it's the most challenging thing is to be disciplined every single play. Is it hard? I mean, I, have you ever played a service academy? Or yes, yeah. I, I played Navy every year. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I mean, is it, it's, it's, it's very, very difficult. And it's, only, it's just simply because you have to, every play, you have to retrain your, reprogram yourself to to know, okay, I cannot peak. I cannot do this. I cannot do that. This is this play, this play, this play. And I think the best way to do that is just take it, you know, play by play. You know, when you're trying to think about the law and think about, all right, Let's try to get this drive. No, this play, this play, this play. You have to, read, you have to tell yourself that every single, every single play. You know, be disciplined. And that's hard for somebody that likes to hit people. Very hard. <laughs> Very hard. You have, to, you, have to, you have to know, like maybe the, my play is gonna come up. If I keep doing my job, I'll get a chance to really hit somebody. But until that comes, you gonna make sure I do my assignment. When you're watching uh, different games from last season. Game to game, are they changing up the looks they're giving, or is it pretty consistent from one game to the next? They're consistent, you know. Yeah. Before they do anything else, they want to beat you with the triple option with the run, you know. You know, they, they bring some uh, 
electoral motion, I call it. They bring some reversals and stuff. But until you stop what they come out and do in the first couple plays, first couple series, they're not going to change at all. That's one thing about them. They will keep doing the same exact thing and force you to force you to, to stop them. And so, you know, once that happens, which unfortunately that didn't, that didn't happen with Colgate. And so that's why, you know, it's kind of hard to kind of judge that kind of film because Colgate was never able to stop them. But, you know, you look back at the uh, tape from years and that's how all the naval, all, all the service academies are. And so, you know, uh, once you stop their, their base, you know, plan, then they kind of get you with some different tricks and stuff, trying to get your eyes wandering. But, uh, they, they pre- they're pretty much, they, they know, we know what they want to do and they know what they want to do and they're pretty set up. When you see Air Force on the schedule, what's what's the feeling? Is that something that's like exciting to you? Is that just frustrating? Do you, like, what, what's the vibe? Uh, it's, I mean, it's just another, it's just another game, you know? It's another opportunity to get better. Opportunity to prove myself, prove you know this defense, prove that we can play, you know, prove the team is you know capable, and um, another chance to get another opportunity to win. And so you know, um, it's a different op- a different offense, you know, different kind of game plan, but we're gonna treat it like it's any other game. Awesome, thank you. Some interesting stuff there, uh, because obviously Mikhail is going through this film with. The coaches and he's he's watching what the coaches say he should be looking at and kind of breaking it down together so what Mikhail sees is kind of just an extension of what this coaching staff sees and he really gives us a window into what they're trying to do and what they saw on tape uh, a couple of the most interesting points to me were that he he said when they were watching back the tape uh, the different games uh, last season they didn't give them too many new looks. It was kind of the same stuff, which is honestly a little bit surprising because usually, you know, they have the base uh, option play, the inside veer, and then they run the counters off of that. And so if I actually dropped a film room on all of this today. If you guys haven't had a chance to go look at it, uh, it'd be awesome if you did because I think there's a lot of good stuff. It's like it's like a couple thousand words of how all of this works, how the triple option, how that flex bone works. And I think that if you understand what's happening on the football field, it makes football games a lot more fun to watch because you aren't just watching the ball and saying, oh, seven yards, that's all right. Eight, and, you know, it's, it's, there's more going on, and it just helps you see all of that because what Air Force does is actually really cool. But uh, hearing that he said they didn't change those looks up, uh, whether they're countering somebody cheating this way by running like a quarterback counter, which I include in the film room, or whatever. They're kind of using those same counter plays to their base looks. Um, it's interesting, and that's what the coaching staff sees. And so that makes me think that they probably feel that they have that figured out. Like they, they know what to expect. They know what the different things are, and that's, and that's a good thing. Um, another interesting point is that... Uh, they're trying a bunch of different coverages against this uh, triple option, which makes sense. You don't want to just be doing the same thing because if you get predictable, then they can change something up. But one of the most common ways to defend the triple option is to almost treat it like a pass play and just get into man coverage. You know, corners take the receivers, safeties take the slot backs, and then uh, linebackers take uh, quarterback and running back. And, you know, it sounds like we're going to see some of that, but we're going to see more zone-type coverages, too, just so that they can stay unpredictable. Um, but a lot of it is kind of what we've been talking about, which is 
If you cheat just once, they will catch you on it. They have those coaches up in the box who are just looking for a safety whose weight is too far one direction. Same thing with a linebacker, lineman, and they have something in the playbook that will take advantage of that one mistake. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed listening to that audio. I think it's something that I want to start doing more of just because it's an easy way to get more voices on here. And a guy like Mikhail Onu, who's forced three turnovers in the first two games, it's always cool for you guys to get to hear from him as well instead of just my interpretation of what he's saying, if that makes sense. Um, before we move on to the final segment where I'm going to go through your guys' questions, I want to talk about uh, Strava Craft Coffee, which is a game-changing coffee. You know, a lot of former football players use CBD um, for different reasons. You know, some people use it because they have the headaches. Some people, the body aches. Uh, some people just feel sharper. Uh, anxiety, that sort of like mental uh, illness it can treat. There are so many different things that CBD can do for you. And you really don't know what it will do for you until you try it yourself. Um, even if you don't feel like there's anything wrong, once you try it, you might find that it fixes something that you didn't know could be fixed. You thought that's just like your normal state of being. Uh, you know, the fact that former football players say that that's the best way to treat the aches and pains that come from playing football for 15 years, that should be a pretty good indicator that CBD is pretty powerful stuff and that it can do something for you. Strava Craft Coffee infuses the CBD into their coffee. So you basically feel like you're just drinking coffee, but really you're making your mind sharper. Or maybe your body will perform better, whatever you need it to do. I'm, I'm making it sound like a snake oil, but I promise people say that all of this stuff is true. Um, yeah. So give Strava Craft Coffee a try because if it's good enough for former football players who just run their bodies in the ground, it should help you out as well. Uh, if you use code BSN2019 at checkout, then you can save 20% off and they'll ship it straight to your door. Uh, give it a try. Uh, worst that can happen is that you don't like it and then you can stop and you get a discount. So give it a run. All right. Uh, back in to read our four, actually I should refresh this to make sure there are only four, four comments and there wasn't a buzzer beater since the time I started taping. Okay. Four comments. First one from silver buff who says easy on the Kool-Aid. Let's focus first on having a top 100 defense. Uh, good point. So that's in reference to talking about whether Colorado kind of has a path to a PAC 12 title and you know, they have a path. It doesn't seem very likely though. Uh, if, if, things happen if things break poorly for utah then the south is wide open and even then you're facing a tough team out of the north uh in oregon or washington that's kind of how things are now we'll be able to reevaluate once we see more from these teams and once we see how all these football teams react in pac-12 play which is a lot different than non-conference play um definitely should be going easy on the kool-aid Definitely need the defense to step up, and this week's a great opportunity for them to make a step. Um, yeah, thank you, Silver Buff, for keeping us all in check. Selly uh, says, it was great to meet you at the tailgate Saturday. I must say that being a Buffs fan living in Cali, your enthusiasm each pod makes me excited for every game. Thank you. 
That said, I do have a question about Visca. Have you seen him drag his head at all about not being as involved in the past two games? You know, I, I kind of mentioned this earlier when we were talking to Chev, but, you know, Chev said he is frustrated. And Chev also said, I would be more concerned if he wasn't frustrated. If, if you're that kind of talented player and you're not able to use those talents to actually be productive only to set things up for your teammates, you know, you feel good about that. You feel good. You're 2-0. It's too tough. It's not like... It's not easy to complain when you're 2-0, and but you should want to be able to be proving yourself as one of the most talented receivers in the country, which he is. Um, that said, uh, Chev also pointed out that Visca has been contributing blocking. You know, he was talking about how Visca is pushing guys out of bounds when he's blocking, how he's really not showing his frustration he isn't you know i mean it's it's lavisca chanel like we know him we know he's a he's he's a good guy he's not going to turn toxic because he isn't getting the ball you know like a lot of receivers do you know that is kind of a rare quality in a receiver but he is a little more laid back but not laid back to the point where he's all right with not producing more because who would be um Basically, I guess what I'm trying to say is Chev said that uh, LaVisca is handling this in the exact way that you would want him to be handling this in terms of balance between frustration and not letting it affect your chemistry in the locker room or any other of that sort of thing. Um, also, it was great to meet you on Saturday. Always a blast. Hopefully, I'll meet more of you at the tailgate this Saturday. Then you can meet each other, and then we can gang up on me in the comments like we're about to do right now. Uh, see you at Folsom says, you're talking to a fan base that won a natty with the triple option, so we have a bit of an accurate take on it. McCartney uh, wisely chose to switch, and by 1994, CU's best team ever, we had moved on. Uh, your dominoes for how the triple option became abandoned is cute, but not accurate. The poster that called it out as becoming too easy to neutralize was correct. Additionally, football rules began to shift to favor passing around the late 80s, and football no longer became the three yards in a cloud of dust sport. I appreciate your nostalgia, though. That's a good point, and I think that that's something that I haven't explained well. You know, when, when I say something like the triple option is one of the greatest offenses ever created, maybe the greatest offense ever created— it, it is outdated because just like anything else, 30 years later, 40 years later, everything changes and things don't fit the same way. What makes it so great is that you still see these concepts from the triple option being pulled this much later. And it really did influence so much about how football is played. Um, it's kind of like Star Wars. Like if you think back to the first Star Wars and how that just changed the movie industry you know it's a great movie for all these different reasons with storytelling whether it's the special effects all that kind of stuff it's this landmark shift in how movie making is approached and it's still one of the greatest movies ever even though if you played it right now you'd say wow you know these special effects really aren't that great or you know all that kind of stuff it is outdated but it's such a great 
piece, and nostalgia is the right word for it, of movie making, that it still is influential. And you still have people today who are eating up every piece of Star Wars content that comes out because of how beloved that movie was. And that's kind of how I am about the triple option offense. Um, it, it's definitely outdated, and it definitely didn't work as well once teams found a way to adjust. And that's how everything works. You know, this air raid offense that's kind of blowing up right now, uh, or the RPO type stuff, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, that's all going to be stuff that we look back on and say, wow, wasn't that a cool time? But it's not going to work the same way because defenses will adjust like they always do. At the same time, it will still be something that you can pull pieces from. And so many pieces can be pulled from this triple option offense that it makes it one of these great landmark uh, pieces of football history. There are very few, though, teams that actually still run it the same way. And they run it for reasons that are very specific and apply only to them. You know, they aren't on a level playing field recruiting-wise because they're looking for a different type of person, somebody who's either a super genius who can get into Georgia Tech or Cal Poly or somebody who wants to, even Georgia Tech is moving away from it, or uh, somebody who wants to go into the military after they graduate, so they go to Army or Air Force. Um, We should move along, though. Uh, Also, this is continuing the comment. Also, the first read in the triple option, which is too generic, since wishbone, I-form, power eye, flexbone, etc., all work a bit differently, is not the D-end. The first read is the D-line and middle linebacker alignment. Second read is the most basic form, uh, or in the most basic form, is the option defender, which could be defensive end, outside linebacker, cornerback, and the offensive call and defensive alignment determines the option player. RPO stuff of today is very much in the family of the triple option by way of Chip Kelly and is a far more difficult defense to defend because it takes discipline and skill at all three levels of of defense. Yeah, so at the end you point out that same thing where it's pulling pieces, pulling concepts that still apply but making them fit today's game better. Um, In front of that, so you you say the first read is the defensive line and middle linebacker alignment. That's totally true because that's what determines uh, the other reads, like who you're looking for, who on their first step you see what is happening there. Um, I was actually looking through Bill McCartney's uh, playbook from 1990 last night, which is so cool uh, and massive, and I didn't understand most of it because it is super intense, and the way he diagrams every play, every player's job – I can't imagine fitting all of that into my brain. But, you know, when you get to one play, it's diagrammed, particularly the option plays, they're diagrammed against nine different defensive fronts. And so it'll say, in, if, if you see the double eagle front, uh, then this is how you block it, this is where the reads are, this sort of stuff. Um, if you're going against, like, a panther front, this is what it looks like. But for most of these plays there are two or three formations where it says audible, which means you just this play just will not work about against this front, uh, which I think is super interesting and makes sense. And there is that first read when you get up there. It's like audible or determining which guys you're looking for for your reads on the option. Uh, I went through a bunch of this kind of stuff. And actually, more of what you said, too, where you said... Uh, uh, 
the first three in the triple option, which is too generic since Wishbone, iForm, PowerEye, FlexBone, etc., all work a bit differently. Uh, I went through that too. I actually started the film room off with a clip of it was actually the clip of Darian Hagen pitching 30 yards downfield to JJ Flanagan because that's actually very, very similar to the base play in the Flexbone triple option. Um, but then I showed like all the different formations that uh, the triple option of the 90s, late 80s with McCartney is different than what Air Force does with the Flexbone. I really like talking about this, and I promise next week we won't have to. Just wait until Air Raid Week, though. Air Raid Week is going to be a blast. Um, next comment, uh, SMCP value commented yesterday, and I really appreciate that. Not sure how to say the name, though. Uh, oh, and he says, it's pronounced small cap value. There we go, small cap value. That makes sense. There we go. Uh, these are the best historical long-term returns. Uh, Oregon makes enough crap up about themselves without you helping out. They didn't win any national championships. It's a good point. I was talking to Silver Buff about this on Twitter yesterday. I was in the airport watching the first half of that national championship against Ohio State, and then I was on the plane for the second half, and I can never remember who won that game. But now I know, because of Silver Buff, the O in Oregon... Oh, he was saying he wanted to get his name said more than twice on a show, and I think I might have just done it. I was going to try really hard not to, just to frustrate him. But the O in Oregon stands for zero national championships. Perfect. Now that will never be an issue again. We'll let them make stuff up about themselves. Uh, so one last thing about the option. The quarterback usually gets hurt and season goes down the tubes. Yeah, that's a serious concern. Um, especially we'll, we'll talk more about personnel for air force as we get closer to the game in the film room. I pointed out one of the slot backs who actually runs a four, three which is really impressive. He scored two touchdowns on the same play against Colgate. Uh, but we'll get into personnel and their quarterback, uh, is really good and he's really experienced. Um, but yeah, if, if quarterback gets hurt, you know, you saw in the national championship actually when Darian Hagen went down and CJ went in. Um, season didn't go down the tubes there though, so ha. Uh, like I said before, good coaches and good teams don't run it. True, because they don't have to. Because if you can give triple option looks with players who can also do other things because they're that versatile then that's a better option. And that's where the game has moved because there are, uh, it's, it's more efficient to pass the ball than to run the ball now. And that wasn't true back when the triple option was a big thing. You just wanted to get what you could and keep moving. Uh, now, if you can throw the ball and run the triple option, keep the defense off guard, or even just options, just RPOs, just read options, these tiny little things, that works better. And most teams or most teams in the country have better players uh, because for a bunch of different reasons, like we talked about um, yesterday, if you want a lot of option talk, listening to these last couple podcasts, I think this should end that though, because I bet you guys are kind of getting sick of it. Uh, read the film room though, because I think it's all super interesting stuff. Um, I think that that is it for today. Uh, th thanks as always for listening. We really appreciate you guys. If you guys could give a good rating on iTunes, 
we would really appreciate it. Helps more people get involved in the community. You know, it's been awesome. I think I mentioned this a couple days ago, but the new uh, podcast software we use lets us see the number of downloads, where you guys are. Lets me know that, you know, a couple episodes, we've had listeners from 17 different countries, which is awesome. And definitely better than the numbers we were doing a month ago when we got this stuff started. Uh, we really appreciate all of you guys for listening. If you listen every day, a couple days a week. If this is your first time and you hate it and you're leaving, like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. But, you know, uh, anything you guys can do to pass the word on, we really appreciate it. And that reminds me that uh, there's going to be a link in the description. Actually, not a link. Uh, in the description on the show on iTunes and Spotify and all that. And also in the post on bsndenver.com where... Uh, you guys ha- can get the contact information to sign up for the Buffs Young Alum something uh, for uh, the Buff Club, and you get to join for half off. You have to be 22 to 30 and have been an alum of the Buffs. And uh, the email to contact is in there. So is the phone number. You can pick one. If you mention that Ben Bechter and Silver Buff sent you, they get some sort of kickback, I believe, or maybe just a pat on the back. Uh, but since they help us at BSN Denver out, we want to help them out. Uh, sign up. You're supporting Ralphie, which is a pretty cool thing to do. Can't imagine it's easy to fund taking care of a buffalo, but somebody's got to do it. And if you guys don't sign up, then there will be no more Ralphie, and that would be too bad. Uh Okay, this has been a long exit, but again, thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, Let's keep growing this thing, and I'll be back to talk to you guys uh, again tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, I will see you then. Bye, guys.
revival. Get them thugs, get them boss, mess them up, we say we got them. If we don't, then we'll get them when we see them. Then we act like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it, play. I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it, go. You know I'm acting bad. Holly, get a boss with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. Colorado Sway, my Colorado Sway, my Colorado Sway, I think they like my Colorado Sway, my Colorado Sway, my Colorado Sway, man I swear I think they like my Colorado Sway.